Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, O oh Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today. Heavenly Father, you know what's going on in the lives of every single listener, O oh Lord God. So I pray that you minister to them in your own special way, O oh Lord God. Touch their hearts, O oh Lord God, and speak to them. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Why don't I say at the outset here, why don't you go and grab your Bible, okay? Get a pencil, a pen, a marker or something, a highlighter, so you can take some notes in your Bible there because you'll be surprised how the things that we discuss here can come back to help you later on in life as the things of life happen to come up. Amen. So run and get your Bible and come back and resume and resume this message. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to speak to you a little bit today about storms. Amen. Um, there, there's a storm brewing. So let me start by saying that. Okay. There's a storm that, that is brewing. Uh, we see so much that is going on, so much turmoil that's going on in this country and perhaps in your country, wherever you're hearing this. Uh, we, we see the things and the proclamations and the policies that those that are in places of authority are coming up with that negatively impact our lives. Uh, you and I as ordinary citizens, uh, we see them making decisions and coming up with all sorts of initiatives that, 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 that go against our way of life as Christians, especially go against our way of life. Uh, we see the, the uh, decisions being made uh, for our children, you know, in the schools and things, things that are, are harmful to their development and growth and education. Uh, we see so much going on with the, with the economy and, and everything like that. We see those that are in power that are saying simply do as I do, don't do as I say, do as I do, don't do as I, I do as I say, I'm sorry, don't do as I do, you know, follow, follow me, you know, and listen to what I'm telling you to do. Okay. Okay. And, and they, they tend to want, want to preach to us and dictate our lives to us. And we see that this is also wrong because things are going also wrong. Well, this is building, it's building and there's a tension that's building. It's almost like a balloon that's, that's being blown up, blown up, getting bigger and bigger and it's about to burst. So that's the storm that I'm talking about that's coming because God is indeed in charge. God is in charge. You know, so many times I listen to the news and my wife and I sometimes have to turn it off because, you know, it, it can be so annoying when I see people getting away with the things that they're getting away with. You know, they violate our laws. They violate our statutes. You know, they, in the United States, they violate our constitution here. But yet, so they seem to get away from it, get away with it. Now, we know that they're not getting away with it as far as God is concerned, but it, sometimes it just troubles me when I see pronouncements that are made and it just seems to just fly right by, you know? you know? So God has been sharing with me that he is still in charge, you know? And I'm not the first person to feel this way, you know? And I, sometimes I, I kind of wonder, gee whiz, God, how long will this go on? You know, how long will they just continue pounding us with all of this and nothing ever seems to be, seems to happen, you know? Well, I'm not the first person in history to, uh, to, to, to feel like that or to ask those questions. And you are not, if you're not the first person also, if you're doing likewise. And so as usual, let's go to the word of God and let's go to the book of Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk. And we're going to start with, uh, with chapter one. Okay. Chapter one, verse number one. Okay, and I'm going to be reading from the, at times, from the NIV, so we'll be going kind of back and forth a little bit here. The NIV, in many cases, is, is a little more, more descriptive. So we start with verse number one. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? 
even cry out unto thee uh, of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are, are and there are that rise up, raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment does never go forth, for the wicked does compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceeds. Behold you among the nation, and regard, and wonder marvelously, for I will work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. Okay? So God says here, Behold you among the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told to you. Okay, so God's saying right there that he's going to do a work. We're going to, we're going to, he's going to do a work, okay? And we may not believe, we're going to be amazed, but God is indeed going to do, do a work. People that are, we think, getting away with things, they're not really getting away with it, and it's just a matter of time because there's a storm that's brewing. He continues here, we go down to, uh, to chapter 2, back up chapter 2, and it says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reason. For the vision is yet an, yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay? For the vision is yet for an appointed time. In other words, there's an appointed time when God will do what it is that he's going to do. Okay? And he's, tell, and he's telling us you know, you know, it, it, to just tarry and to just wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay. So, so the storm that's a coming, yes, there's a storm that's brewing out there, but God is indeed going to manage it. God tells the prophet in this case that evil does not go unpunished. All right, this is what, this is what the word here is saying. God is telling the prophet of Bacchus that evil does not go unpunished, and he was going to deal with it in ways we wouldn't believe. The same thing is being told to us today. Okay, something he's going to do that we're going to stand back and we're going to say, oh, wow. Look at that. It's being dealt with. Look at that. This is what happened. We're going to be in amazement. Okay. And it's for the appointed time. Okay. And it just says that it said, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay. Now, if we go to Proverbs eleven nineteen, you go to Proverbs eleven nineteen. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 11. 19, and it starts off, um, as righteousness tends to life, so, so he that pursues evil pursues it to his own death. As righteousness tends to life, he that pursues evil pursues it to his own death. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their ways are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be goat, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. The seed of the righteous will be delivered. Right? Now I'm going to read that again from the uh, NIV, and you can see here where it's really very, very clear what God is saying here. Truly the righteous attain life, but whosoever pursues evil finds death. The Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse, but he delights in those who are ways who, whose ways are blameless. 
Be sure of this. The wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. Okay? And the word there, verse number 20 says, the Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse. We see so much perversity out there today. It isn't funny. I mean, gee whiz, perversity is finding its way into the classroom. It's finding its way into the schools. It's finding its way, its way into our stores, into our, our, our daily walk in life. It's there. It's there. It's out there. But he delights in those who, whose ways are blameless. So we just need to make sure that our lives are blameless and we're not being caught up in the perverse ways that they're trying to put in front of our faces. The whole reason that there's so much perversity out there, I mean, the, you know, the multiple sexes thing, uh, the transgender thing and everything else of like that. And you see it so much, so much in the movies and on TV and everything is that they're trying to normalize it. They're trying to make this perverse behavior become normal to us so that we will become uh, 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 anesthetized, if you will, to the fact that it's wrong and it's evil. OK, and we do not want to go there. All right. But this storm is building. This storm is building. OK. And it, but it's going to be dealt with by God himself. You know, so hand in hand, the wicked shall not be, be unpunished. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That's Proverbs eleven twenty one. Also, if we go to Isaiah 54, 13. Isaiah 54. Verse number 13. OK. You see there where it says, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Okay? So he's giving us some very, very great reassurances there. All right, he's telling us, he's telling us right there, point blank, uh, in verse number 13, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Now, speaking of the children there, taught of the Lord, we, need, we, we as parents need to make sure that we're teaching our children in accordance with the word of God. We need to need to make sure that we're taking them to church, to Sunday school, that we're, we're, we're going, doing devotionals at home. We're reading the Bible with them at home. If they have questions, we need to be there to answer them. If they, uh, you know, bad behavior in school or something happens in school, we need to point them towards the word of God. We need to make sure our children are well versed in the word of God because there is so much that is out there and before them these days, okay, that they have to make decisions. And being that they, they, if they have friends, if their peers are people that are, are non-Christian, some of the kids and not all of the kids in school are Christian, okay, and they're not, and, and some of those that are Christian are not, their parents are not really, you know, living and behaving in a, in a godly manner, okay, their thoughts about life may be, may tend to kind of lean towards some of these ungodly things that are so, uh, 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 so, so much in the schools and around them today. We need to make sure that we're teaching our children in line with the word of God, praying with them, praying over them. To make sure that they are, are, are just well versed and just washed, you know, in the word of God. Need to make sure all our children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. Okay. What else does the Bible say about storms in life? The Bible teaches us that there are three kinds, three kinds of storms in life. Storms that we bring on ourselves, like Samson. You know what Samson did? Samson gave away the secret to his strength and so on like that. He was tricked into it. And, and as a result, he was arrested and blinded and so on like that. And, uh, and of course, he pulled the temple down upon himself and, and took, you know, and, and he died along with all of those uh, Philistines that were there with him. Okay. But storms that we bring on ourselves, like Samson, storms that God causes, like at the Lake, Lake uh, of Galilee there, where the disciples were terrified, uh, in the face of a storm. Remember, Jesus 
Jesus was in the bottom of the boat there asleep and the storm came and they went down and got him and said, Jesus, wake up. Aren't you, aren't you concerned that we're going to perish? You know, and Jesus spoke to the storm and, and, and still the storm. And then he said to them, oh, you have little faith. Okay. So we see there that that was a lesson uh, to the disciples on the importance uh, of faith. Okay, and the last type of storm is the storms that other people cause, okay, as when Paul and Silas, they were arrested and thrown into prison, okay? So the Bible talks about generally three types of storms, okay? Not making the right decision uh, concerning storms can also negatively impact our lives, all right? Now, we got a storm coming to your, to your life, and we all have storms from time to time. Storms uh, also are referred to as tribulations in the Bible. You know, we have these things that come up. And if we, if we act in the wrong way, if we make the wrong decisions concerning that particular storm, then it can negatively impact our lives, all right? We have a storm going on in our life. We need to make sure with, with, right away to, to consult God, to bring it to God and say, Lord, Here's the situation that I have going on. This is what's happening in my life. And Lord, and I'm greatly troubled. What shall I do? What shall I do? But if we make the wrong decisions during that storm, it can definitely negatively impact your life. So let's go to Acts 27, verse number one. Acts 27, and starting with verse number one. We're going to read quite a bit from, from Acts, Acts here today. Okay, and we start off by saying here, and when it was determined that, you, that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus's band. And entering into a, a ship of Adramentium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coasts of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. And when he had launched from thence, he sailed un under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when he had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. Lycia. And there the centurion found the ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when he had sailed slowly, when we had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against uh, Nidus, the wind not suffering us or not allowing us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmone. And hardly passing it came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, near un whereunto was the city of, of Lazia. Now, when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was, was now already passed, Paul admonished them, and he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Okay? Now, this is where it starts to get important here. Okay? Paul was on the ship uh, with these other prisoners, and they were being taken by the centurion. All right? And now in verse number 9, I'm going to read to you from the NIV, because it says, Much time had been lost. And sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, listen, now follow this now, okay? The centurion was in charge of these prisoners, okay? Instead of listening to what Paul said, Followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship, the pilot or the captain of the ship. So in other words, the centurion kind of just poo-pooed what Paul had said, and he followed the owner and the captain of the ship. 
He followed the order. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harboring creek facing both southwest and northwest. All right now, follow what's happening there. Okay. He decided to follow the advice of the captain and the owner of the ship instead of listening to Paul. Paul sent them a warning. It's going to be a disastrous journey. Okay. But it says, but since the harbor that they, they were in where it was unsuitable to winter in, to stay in because it was winter, the majority, underline that word majority, the majority decided that we should sail on. So they kind of took a vote, if you will. Who wants to sail? Who wants to sail? Who wants to not? Who wants to listen to Paul? And the majority said to continue on. The majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Okay? Southwest and northwest. And we're going to, and we're going to pause there. God put the apostle Paul as a prisoner on board a ship headed, headed from Palestine to Rome. After the ship ventured through the Mediterranean Sea and docked at the land of Crete, God told Paul to advise the crew not to leave the harbor because there was going to be a great storm. But the sailors were impatient. The sailors were impatient to get to a better harbor. So they ignored what God told them through Paul. Okay. Now, this is where this is where a very, very dangerous thing to do. God gave a warning, but they decided to disregard what God was saying through Paul. God gave a warning. They decided to disregard it. They were impatient to get to a better harbor. All right. So impatience can often get us into trouble. Okay. Impatience can get us into trouble. I have spoken with many impatient people. Impatient people to, they, they, you know, sometimes they want, they're impatient to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They're impatient to get married. They're impatient to get a new job. They're impatient to move to a new city or a town. They're impatient to buy a new gadget. They just can't take their time and consult the Lord about these things. They're impatient. They don't take time to, to check things out with God and they wind up sailing right off into an awaiting storm. So we can't let impatience just build itself into our lives or enter into our lives. We can't, we can't do that. Okay. Instead of, instead of just charging on ahead, you know, and, and I have done this and, you know, I will do my research on a particular gadget that I like, you know, you know, a, a new phone, a new tablet or whatever it is. And, and uh, boy, if I don't take time and pray about it and listen to what God is saying, you know, and I'm going on the computer or on TV, I'm hearing ads about this particular gadget and it just seems so attractive and so on like that. I really, really, really have to fight, not just, just jumping in and just buying that thing. Because first of all, usually many, many times brand new gadgets that are coming out, you know, and I can, I'm, I'm a, a first adopter adopter as they say and i love being the first one to get a hold of a gadget sometimes it, it can really 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 be a, a bad thing to do because the product isn't fully developed okay so without getting too much into that i can be impatient just like anyone else but we need to make sure that we seek god's face and whatever it is that we're planning on doing because being impatient can get us growing headlong headlong into a storm some of the reasons you know why we as human beings get ourselves in a mess mess is that we wind up taking the wrong advice from the so-called experts, from the so-called experts. And this, this particular case, the centurion who had charge over Paul ignored his plea and instead followed the advice given by the quote-unquote the experts, the captain and the owner of the ship. Okay, So instead of listening to what Paul was saying, who, got, who had a godly message, they went to the so-called expert. Well, figure the owner and the captain, they're the experts about the ship, so let's ask them what they want to do and so on. We too can wind up being like that if we're not careful. We can wind up taking advice from the so-called experts. 
All right, the people that they think you know, you know, you, you deem to be well, you know, th this person's a boss, you know, he's he's the director, he's the manager, or whatever, you know, this person has a, has a very, you know, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about, and you go and you listen to that person instead of listening to God. If you do that, you can wind up going headlong again into a storm, into a storm. Okay, there's a, an old an old training exercise I remember, you know, in my days in management that they talk about, and and it was called Beware of the X-ray, and it was people these people stranded on a proverbial island with this thick thick uh, trees and everything like that, and they want to figure out which direction to go, and someone jumps up in the bunch and said, I have experience in this area, follow me, follow me, and they started following him, and he went forward and ran into a big boulder, couldn't go any further, so he had to go around the boulder and went further again, and ran into another huge boulder, another obstruction, couldn't go further, and he made another another detour, and they kept running into obstructions. Finally, someone in, in the group woke up and said, well, wait a minute. Then he climbed this tree and he climbed the tree and he looked up and he could see ahead into the distance. And he said, this is the way that we need to go. And that's the way they went and they found, they found, you know, freedom and so on like that. Okay. But the, the point is that the person in the crowd that said, I have experience in this area, the expert, they many times are the ones that have the least experience or no experience. So we have to make sure that we're following God and not listening to the so-called experts like the centurion here did. The one reason that we get ourselves into a mess is we listen to the wrong experts. These experts could be people in positions of, of authority or positions of power. They could be some strong-willed family member that you're listening to. You know, just because they're a family member, you know, they're Uncle Joe, and he's been around, you know, he's in his, his 80s, and, and he's been around a long time. He's got a lot of wisdom, and he pops up with something being, oh, yeah, I know all about this. If God is telling you otherwise, you follow what God is telling you to do. Don't don't listen to that family member that's a very strong-willed uh, strong person, okay? Or anyone else, for that matter, who might come into our lives offering advice or guidance, saying that they know all about the subject that you're going through, okay? Right? Just don't be listening to people who come in there with all this guidance because of the fact that I've been here before, you know. You know. Now, they may have some sound advice, but you take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. And especially if you know up front that God has told you to do otherwise, then you don't listen to that person. I don't care who they are, what position they're in, who they are in the family, or what relationship or whatever. If they come to you telling you to do something because they are the so-called expert, I've got experience in this area. If it's contrary to what God is telling you to do, do not, do not, do not take that guidance. Okay? Do, do not. The only, the only true and reliable expert on anything is God. I say that again. The only true and reliable expert on anything is God. Sometimes we wind up making, getting, you know, we get wrong guidance from a vote, so to speak. Okay. In Acts 27, verse 12, there you see that it said, it said the majority. Um, let me read that, read that again. And because the haven, uh, since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority, okay, the majority decided that we should sail on. Okay. So if you will, they took a vote. Okay. The majority. Okay, we need to be very, 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 very careful of, be careful of that. Okay, now besides voting in elections, you know, where we shouldn't just be voting because a bunch of other people are voting in a certain way. Okay, I'm not just talking about that kind of voting, okay? But, but dwelling on that just for a moment, though, we have elections coming up and everything, and don't be voting for someone just because a whole lot of other people that you know are voting that way. Okay, don't be going along with the majority. You go and you vote the way God is telling you in your spirit to vote. Don't go following on. You follow along just to be getting along. Everyone else in the family is voting for this person. Everyone else at the job is voting for this person. You follow what God is telling you. Don't go along with majority with majority rule. 
Amen. Well, the same thing applies to our, um, our, our different people, you know, coming to you with, with their particular opinion. Okay, a group of people come to you and say, this is what we think you should do. The majority think you should do this. Don't go along with that majority. You let God guide you in what you should do. You could be the only one that is saying, I'm going to the left. Everyone else is voting to go to the right. Those that want to go to and going to the right run into a whole lot of problems. Very, a lot of tough problems. You go to the left where God is telling you to do. Don't go saying, well, gee, you look over there and you say, oh, wow, the whole crowd is going in that direction. Maybe that whole crowd is going into total destruction. Okay, the whole crowd is going into total destruction. So you don't follow them. You go where God is telling you to do. Don't go where the majority. The majority can be wrong. That's the bottom line. We can get ourselves into a real mess by following the prevailing opinion or the most popular ideas. That's very applicable to today. There's so many ideas out there that seem to be quite popular, if you will. Everyone talks about it and they say, oh, yeah, this is the way we should go. I can get into a whole lot of very specific subjects and I just won't take the time to, to, to go there now. But so many things over the last couple of years or so that popped up and everyone just went along with the program because it was popular and everyone was spouting off the same manner. The same words, the same words. If we listen to God, we will be in the, we'll go in the right direction and we will avoid the storm. Okay? The storm that's brewing. We want to make sure that we are not caught up in that storm. Make sure that we're not caught up in it. Wrong guidance also can give us a, a difficult time, to put it mildly. Wrong guidance, you know, based on circumstances. You know, you make decisions based on what's going on around you. Let's go back to the Word of God and go to Acts, uh, where do I want to go? Acts 27, verse number 13. Twenty-seven, verse number 13. Again, reading from the NIV. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way, the ship was caught by the storm and couldn't head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Corda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it, uh, to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took much, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Okay, they're in dire straits. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Okay. They didn't listen to him. They didn't listen to him, you see. But they went on ahead because of the fact they had this gentle wind. The gentle south wind began. Right. See. So many times this, this gentle south wind here, the sailors thought that they had gotten their wish because the circumstances looked favorable. Things looked better. 
So now they say, okay, we can now do this. The storm had let up, okay? There was a brief time there where things were seeming to be okay. But it is foolish and unwise to ignore what God says, even if circumstances tend to contradict it. Let me say that again. It is foolish and unwise to ignore what God has told you to do, even if the circumstances around you tend to contradict what God is saying, okay? God is telling you to do this or do that. But things all of a sudden, on the other hand, they seem to look better. So I don't have to follow what God is telling me to do. Things are looking better. Things are not so threatening now. My boss has been nicer to me. Okay. All right. I don't need to move after all. I don't need a new car. Even though maybe God is telling you it's time for you to move or it's time for you to get a new car because God knows that your car is going to break down any moment or something with the house is going to happen or whatever. But now all of a sudden things are better. Your car is running more smoothly all of a sudden. So things have eased up and you don't have to do what God is telling you to do because circumstances dictate that things seem to be better that now all of a sudden I can forget about what God told me to do. You can't do that. I've heard many people say in talking to them and counseling with them that, well, this decision must be okay, Pastor. It must be okay because I feel so good about it. Sometimes they even throw in, well, I prayed about it. But what did you think you heard God say to you? Okay, what did you say? Okay. It feels better. I feel better in my spirit now about this thing. So I think I can just go on and do what I want to do. I don't need to do what I think I heard God telling me to do. The fact is that sometimes our feelings lie. The fact of the matter is, sometimes our feelings lie. Our feelings are caught up with emotions. Our feelings are caught up in the little things that the devil is whispering into our ear. So feelings can lie. Something Because something feels better to you doesn't mean that it is indeed true, especially if God is telling you otherwise. Oftentimes, feelings lie. If God says, wait in the harbor, you'd better wait in the harbor. Okay. If God says for you to wait in the harbor, do not venture out of that harbor. You stay, even though things around you may seem like it's a calm wind that's blowing. If God is saying to wait there, then you stay there. Otherwise, you wind up like these guys in the boat. Okay? Many times when I talk with people, I hear over and over again that they thought that they had obtained what they wanted. But then, then they went sailing right into a storm. Just as the sailors in the book of Acts that we're reading. Many times I've heard that. They, this is what I did. I felt good about it. Boom. And it went sailing right into a storm. They find themselves caught in a wind of hurricane force, like we saw there in, in Acts verse 14, 27, 14. The ship, like so many people I've known, became caught in a storm and could not lead them into safety. This happens in real life, saints. That's one thing I love about the word of God. You know, these events here were documented and, and printed, you know, thousands of years ago. And, you know, uh, at least two in this particular case, 2000 years ago. And, 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 the, and the things still apply to us today. They made a bad decision. God tried warning them through Paul and they refused to listen to it. So with the storm that's out there, that's brewing, I'm saying to you, saints of God, don't let yourself get caught up in it. Don't let yourself be tricked. If God tells you to stay in a safe harbor, then you stay in that safe harbor. Don't go along with things because the majority of people are going along with it these days. Don't wind up going for things because, you know, because all of a sudden things seem to be, be better and you relax your guard. You don't relax your guard until God tells you to relax your guard. Amen. 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 You don't want yourself caught up in the storm. We continue on in uh, in uh, Acts 27 with verse number 22. 
But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Let me go back to 21 so it flows smoothly. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. You should have taken my advice. You should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Here he is, speaking prophetically, all right? Not one of you, you, your lives will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, Paul is saying, last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said to me, do not be afraid. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Okay, see, God has, God has a plan, has a plan here. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously, graciously given you the lives of all who sailed with you. That's what the angel told him. Okay? So in other words, God has a plan. God wants him to go before Caesar. So therefore, God's not going to let him, let him die in that storm. Not at all. And he's also saying that those that are with you are not going to die either. You see? You see? So, so, so God has a plan for your life. And maybe, maybe if you wind up getting into a storm, God has a plan to get you beyond that storm. Okay. But going back to the premise of this, of this scripture though, if God tells you to stay in the safe haven, in the safe harbor, of course, you stay there. Okay. But God has a plan and he wants to get you to where he wants you to be. He said that again. He wants to get you to where he wants you to be. Don't go derailing that by getting yourself headlong into going headlong into a storm. He goes on to say in verse 25, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Okay? On the 14th night, we were still sailing, we were still sailing, uh, driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Say it again. Unless these men stay with the ship, they cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat, lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Now, one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Okay? Again, he's talking prophetically here. Remember what God told him. He has faith and he believes what God is telling him to do. And it's the same thing with us. When God tells you he's going to bring you through, again, we don't get caught up with the majority. We don't listen to the so-called experts. We listen to what God is telling us to do to the letter. And we have to make, to make, make sure that we are sustaining ourselves. In this particular case, they were talking about food. We need to sustain ourselves, not only with physical food, we need to sustain ourselves with, 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 with food from which manna, with the bread of life, which is the word of God. We need to make sure that we're reading scripture and that we're praying to sustain us so that we make sure that we make it through whatever storm might be there before us. 
because God is going to bring you out safely to the other side. And he says there, now I urge you to take some food you needed to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from, from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat again, giving thanks to God, giving thanks to God. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had, had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump aboard first and get to land. The rest were to, let, the rest were to get there on planks or on some other pieces of the ship. And this way, everyone reached land safely. Okay? So what Paul said was correct. They wound up getting there, there safely. After, 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 after going through the storm and then finally adjusting and doing what Paul had told them to do by by God, by Paul listening to God through the angel. Okay, So again, we see here, we see here that the storms of life that can be brought about by, by, by a few things that I just mentioned before, if we stick with God and do what he's telling us to do, he will indeed bring us through safely. Paul listened to God and told the men to do what to do. Told the men to do what to do. Amen. He listened to God and told the men what to do. We have to make sure we're listening to God and do exactly what he tells us to do. Again, don't be caught up, you know, by, by, by lulls where things seem to be going better, things seem to be getting better, that you wind up not doing what God wants you to do. Don't wind up following the crowd, going along with the majority of people because they are saying, well, this is what we know is right. Beware of the experts that come to you and say, well, I've been in business for so many years. I've raised, you know, all these children and I know, I know, I know, I know. If that is not what God is telling you, don't be following along with it. Whatever you do, there's a storm that's brewing out there and we can just see it building and building and building. We need to make sure that following God, that we can weather the storm. We can weather, and we will, if you indeed follow God. Paul, Paul trusted in God. God had, God had no plan of letting Paul die because God had plans for his life. Say that again. God had no, no, no plan of letting Paul die because God had plans for his life. You will not fail either because God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. You will not fail. Just hold on to that and keep it deeply, deeply, deeply rooted within your spirit. Don't let the lies of the enemy steal that away from you. Okay, don't let those lies just come in and, and, and get into your mind and twist your thinking and have you believing other things. God has a plan for your life and he will indeed bring you through. We just need to make sure that we are prepared for whatever storms come our way as time goes by this year. God will see us through. He'll steer us clear. He'll steer us clear from, from any, any, any disaster. Okay, and we are only in what, February. We have many more months to go, what, 10 more months to go before the end of the year. And things are indeed going to be coming our way. Mark your words, okay? Okay, things are coming our way. There's a storm that is brewing out there. 
And we just want to make sure that we're listening to God so that we can indeed come through. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if it was, uh, pass on the uh, link to where we can be found. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. That's www.genesis1.sermon.net. If you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are indeed available. Uh, we're on YouTube. Genesis One Christian Ministries, and we have free apps for downloading um, at the uh, for Android and for Apple devices. Just go to the respective Play Store, and you can download it free of charge. Everything that we have on our sites are, are free of charge. You can um, you can download the video portion or the video of what you're viewing right now, or you can download the audio only portion if you so choose, whichever is more convenient for you. And that's what that's for you to have it for future reference, for playing back or for sharing or whatever that is that you that you might want to do. Um, so let's just go there. Everything again is free of charge. We just want to get the word of God round about the world as best as we possibly can so that the word of God can indeed come to cover the entire earth. Amen. Amen. Also, if you are in the Salem, Oregon area, by all means, stop by and visit us. Stop by and come to worship. Come by and fellowship with us. Okay. Our, our uh, Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. Okay. Sunday at 1030 a.m. And we meet at 2651 Commercial Street Southeast. 2651 Commercial Street Southeast. That's in the Candelaria section of Salem, Oregon. Come on out and join us. We'd love to have you. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you, and just enjoy and fellowship with one another with Holy Spirit there in our midst. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is an awesome God. He's a wonderful God. Um, you know, just, just, just be aware of him. Pray to him. You know, uh, talk to him. Talk to him as one would talk to a friend. That's another sermon that's in the works, by the way, too, where God God wants us to be a friend. And you may get shocked by that, but there's scripture that backs that up where Jesus said that and the word of God says that. So, But that's another sermon that's in the works. So, but in the meantime, you know, be blessed. Again, come on by and visit us and join us. Uh, and uh, remember always that we have an awesome God. You know, don't let him, dis don't let anything distract you away from him. We need to make sure we steer clear of any storms that may come up in our lives. Amen. Why don't we close in prayer here? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, that as we go through the balance of the day ahead of us and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you. Regardless of what storms may come our way, O oh Lord, do I got over the next few days, weeks, months, O oh Lord, we pray that our eyes will always be focused on you. Let us to be mindful of the so-called expert that's out there, O oh Lord God. Let us be mindful of not going along with the majority just for the sake of going along with the majority, O oh Lord God. Let us always be mindful of going along with what you have told us to do, O oh Lord. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy most glorious name. I pray, Heavenly Father God, that you bless all that were here listening today. Bless them and touch them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is indeed Lord.